thank you, Mr. Smith. And good morning again, everybody. Good to see everybody out. Again, want to welcome you if you're uh, visiting with us or logging into Facebook or into onto YouTube later on. Happy to have you with us. And wanted to take the opportunity to invite you to be with us in person anytime you can. And if you're looking for a church home, we'd like to for you to consider Locust Grove and let us become part of each other's families. And it's, of course, always a privilege for me to share God's Word with you. And, and today, especially on Mother's Day, as we celebrate those uh, mothers that we still have with us, but remember also the mothers that have gone on. And uh, certainly it's good to be here. Got a good crowd. Uh, don't know. Has already got a count? Somebody got No count? 79. Good to have everybody here. Let's give ourselves a little round of applause for that. So, exactly. Yeah. All righty. Well, as you know, this is one of those services that puts me on the spot for just a brief moment of time as we, we try to determine who, uh, who our mothers are and, and have the most children here present this morning and, and who's been on the, whose family has been blessed with them longer than any other family and, and who our youngest mother is as well. Now, I uh, want to go ahead and explain to you uh, on your way out, moms, all of our moms, we have a flower uh, pot for you, a little potted flower. Then also there is a, uh, you're getting a little bottle of hand lotion this morning. I want to thank Lisa for that one. Uh, leave it up to me and Ernie, you're going to get flowers, okay, every year. But Lisa said we need to do something a little extra, and so we appreciate that. So be sure to get your lotion and your flower. Now, the ladies that win uh, these uh, hanging baskets, I got million bales this year, so hopefully you'll enjoy those. But uh, the, we've got those outside as well because didn't want to make a mess inside the, the church here. So be sure to pick those up on your way out. So, all righty. I guess the easiest thing to do, we'll just uh, begin to recognize our mothers by those mothers here that are 50 years or younger. Please stand. 50 years or younger. We'll go with the youngest mother first. And I'm just going to work my way down, and then whoever, whoever the last lady standing is going to be the winner. All right. I kind of feel like a game show host doing this. I kind of know what they feel. All right, if you're younger than 40 and have a child here today. Wow, no one. No. Holy smokes. Younger than 40. That means if you're in your 30s, stay standing. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. Uh, 37. If you're, if you're younger than 37, stay standing. 35. 34. 33. Miss Hannah Johnson is our youngest mother president. Let's give her a little round of applause. the other side of that, if you are 51 or older, would you please stand? It's no fun being old, the same age as old people, is it? <laughs> 60 or younger, please sit. 70 or younger. 80 or younger. 84 or young, 86, 88, 
Don't you all tie every year? I, that's why I always buy extra. So we have a tie between uh, Miss Doris Williams and Sue Ann Owens. So let's give these up. All righty. If you have any children present today and you're a mom, please stand. Any children, please stand. All right. If you have less than two, please sit. Less than two. If you have less than three, and Miss Helen Anders has three present, so she's going to be the mom with the most children present. Let's give her a little round. Do that pretty good this year. I'll pat myself on the back later. All righty, let's see here. Children's Church. Looks like uh, Ernie and Lisa have those kids today. So 12 and under are certainly encourage you to go over for the Children's Church, and you're dismissed for that. And while the kids are going over, if you want to mark in your hymnal, number 51, Lord, I'm Coming Home, we'll use that as our hymn of invitation this morning. And again, certainly it's good to be here with you. And as you might have guessed, since it is Mother's Day, this uh, sermon is going to be based uh, on mothers and what they mean to us. Of course, it is said that uh, the pride of America is its mothers. And for better or for worse, mothers are the makers of men and young women. And that statement is supported from the words from a, a poem that I found, and I'll share that poem with you. Uh, it's actually the, uh, the words inside of a greeting card that I found, and it's talking about the bond between a mother and a child. It says, the, the bond between mother and child is a special one. It remains unchanged by time or distance. It is the purest love, unconditional and true. It is understanding of any situation and forgiving of any mistake. The bond between mother and child creates a support that is constant while everything else changes. It is a friendship based on mutual love, respect, and a genuine liking of each other as a person. It is knowing that no matter where you go or who you are, there is someone who truly loves you and is always there to support and console you. When a situation seems impossible, you make it through together by holding on to each other. The bond between a mother and a child is strong enough to withstand harsh words and hurt feelings. For it is smart enough to always see the love beyond the words. It is brave enough to always speak the truth even when lies would be easier. It's always there, anytime, anywhere, whenever it is needed. It is a gift in the heart and in the soul, and it cannot be taken away or exchanged for another. To possess this love is treasure that makes life more valuable. And I think those words certainly describe the relationship between a mother and a child. And as we think about that relationship, I wanted to look from the scriptures, and we have several good examples and one of those examples we're going to look at this morning is is Hannah 
and her example. Though she was, she was a mother and she only had her son for a brief time, she gives us what I believe is an excellent example of what it means to be a godly mother. So that is what the title of this morning's sermon is, is Hannah, a godly mother. So if you want to go ahead and turn over in your Bibles to 1 Samuel, that's where we will begin this morning's uh, study. Uh, and if you recall, here's something I want us uh, especially encourage you mothers, and, and here in a couple of weeks it'll be you fathers as well. But you've heard me say before in the past that all Satan has to do is distract us to keep us from doing our jobs as Christians. Well, in the same way, all that Satan has to do, moms, is to distract you for a short time to keep you from performing your, your work as a godly mother. So let's keep that in mind. And we're going to look at uh, some brief points here this morning about Hannah uh, and her devotion uh, to God. Because I think she's a, a great example uh, from the Bible. Sam, 1 Samuel chapter 1 is where we'll begin. She became, Hannah became a mother by faith. And if you read 1 Samuel, uh, you'll see that she's introduced there in the first few verses as a childless woman. So Hannah's story in the scriptures, actually she's not a mother when we're introduced to Hannah. We find out that she's barren. And this is something that deeply hurts her uh, because she's unable to provide her husband with a child. Uh, but we also see that because of her faith and her dedication, that God will bless her to be a mother. And not only just a mother, but a mother to Samuel the prophet, who was one of the greatest prophets to have ever uh, walked the earth. So we're going to begin by, by seeing that, that Hannah was devoted to God. Read with me in 1 Samuel 1, and we're going to skip over some verses here. We're going to look at verses 9 through 18. And this is uh, talking about Hannah's prayer and the vow that she makes uh, to the Lord. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only moving her lips, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thine wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, before out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. 
And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. So we see here, this was the first thing, though she was uh, barren, and though she loved her husband and her husband loved her, she was first and foremost devoted to God to bring her husband a child. And notice she, want, she asked specifically for a man-child. She wanted a little boy. And she said that a razor would never touch his head. Now, if you're not familiar, that, that's part of the Levites. It means that they're part of the priestly tribe. They would never cut their hair. So that's what she's saying. Lord, if you will give me a son, I will raise him. Of course, we know it. We'll see here shortly for how long she has him. And then he's going to be yours. She wanted to satisfy her husband, satisfy her need as a mother, but also she wanted and was dedicated to the service of God. And that's what I want us to look at and, and see and think about here because she struggled with the pain and the shame of not having uh, a child, and she shared her husband with other, another woman who did have children. And she was a little cruel. And that comes with jealousy. Look at verses 6 and 7, 1 chapter 1. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. So they were going up for this festival, going up to the temple. And year after year, her co-wife didn't let her forget that you don't have any kids. The Lord has shut up your womb. But yet she went year after year, knowing it was going to be a repeat of what happened, happened last year. And the year before that. And the year before that. But yet she continued because she was dedicated to God. And I think that's the first thing that I want to encourage all of our mothers, all of our young mothers, or all of the, the young women that will be mothers someday. The most important and the first priority in your life as a wife and as a soon or someday mother is your first priority is your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That is the most important relationship that you can develop. And that's what I want to encourage you, and I think that's what we see here with Hannah, is that's where she spent most of her time as, at, at worship, was worshiping God, calling out to God, pleading unto God, even in the temple, praying. And, and who among us have not prayed and moved our lips before and no words come out? And that's what she was doing. So thoughtful, so deep into her prayer that her, her mouth was moving, but words stayed inside in the heart. And Eli thought she drunk. But she was that dedicated to her prayer and her prayer life. And that's something that you must, must develop, mobs, is an intimate prayer life with God. And I'm not talking about just a brief little old 30-second prayer for a good outcome of something. I'm talking about an intimate relationship with God to where you open your heart up to Him and your heart is open to receive the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because that's what we see here with Hannah. 
Hannah is devoted first and foremost to God. Also, you'll see something else. She's devoted to her husband. If you look back in verses 3 through 5, and as I said, we're kind of going backwards in this, in the scripture order. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave Peniah his wife and all of her sons and her daughters portions. Now that's the co-wife. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, and he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. So she was right there. Her husband, yes, he acknowledged the wife that had, had sons and daughters with him. But also he loved and cared for his wife, Hannah. And I believe Hannah loved and cared for him or he would not have had this kind of favor toward her by her not having any children at this point. And that's a cultural thing. So we see here that Hannah was devoted to her husband. That's the second point that we see and that's something, the second priority for all of our mothers, all of our wives, again, all of our someday mothers, the second highest priority that you have in your relationships, in a marriage relationship, number one is God, number two is your husband. You should be dedicated to your husband and develop that relationship with him with as much fervor, as much desire as you do your relationship with God. He was a devout man. He was devoted to God. He proved that. He took his family to worship at the temple. So they had church services together. They worshiped together. He loved both of them, I believe, equally, regardless of the fact that one could have a child and the other couldn't. And that means to me that she loved him back. And it may be contrary to popular opinion today. But that is the most important relationship that a mother can establish is with her husband. It's important to understand that the wife communicates to her children through that marriage relationship what they see, what those children see, whether it be one or 20 kids. Whatever you see, your parents, your mom and your dad, that relationship that you have, that communicates to those children what marriage should be. Right or wrong, good or bad. And that's what we have to understand and and the responsibility that we have to take on as moms and dads is that our relationship that we have is showing our children what a marriage should be. So what is it important that we do? Well, they should see the most fundamental of life lessons, love, self-sacrifice, integrity, virtue, sympathy, compassion, understanding, and forgiveness. Those are the things that we want to teach our children, aren't they? So we have to display them to our spouses for our children to be able to see this. And I think Hannah did it, though it very briefly mentioned about the marriage relationship. We see that they loved one another. If you look on down in verses 6 through 8, as we talk about it, and her adversary also provoked her sore. 
were to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Now listen to what he says. Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Again, this is a cultural thing that we don't understand. But in that day and time, if a wife didn't have sons and the husband passed on, the wife would be left destitute because it's left up to the sons to take care of the mother. And he's saying, even though you don't have any children, am I not better to you? And do I not provide you more love and security than ten sons would? Why do you weep so? Why will you not eat? Why will you not drink? Why will you not worship with us? My love for you is more than ten sons would have for you. So we see that they had developed a very good relationship between the husband and the wife. I'm, oftentimes I think about when I read about uh, this relationship, I think about Abraham and Sarah. If you remember, she was without child for many years. And, and then uh, Sarah's handmaiden was used to give Abraham a child. And the strife that was between them, very similar. But that relationship between Abraham and Sarah remained strong throughout all of the adversity that was created by jealousy. So develop your relationship with your husbands. And if you're an older mother, an older wife, it's not too late to continue to do that. And I want to encourage you to continue to work on that because not only do your kids see that, but your grandkids. And remember that from now and forward. Because that's one thing in this country that I think is being missed in the homes that being missed by evidence of what we see going on in the world today, there are not godly, cultivated, godly relationships between husbands and wives in the home anymore. Amen. And it must begin with the family. So moms, dedicated to God, that's your number one priority. Dedicated to your husband is number two. And then number three, as we will see, she was devoted to her home. To her home, which included the raising of, of Samuel. Look at verses 19 and 20. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. So now we see here that God heard and answered her prayer. She was now a mother, the mother of Samuel. She had no idea that Samuel, what he would do, what, he, what God had planned for Samuel. She knew that she was going to raise him in the knowledge of the Lord. She was going to prepare him for his journey. And she was going to turn him over to the, the temple, the Lord at that time. And she knew that he would be the Lord's servant. But she didn't know what his position would be in life. Sure, she didn't know that he would write and be involved in at least two books in the Bible. You ever think about that? 
Hannah and her devotion probably never had a clue and hoped that he might just work as a priest in the temple. We're studying about her and him today. That's the effect of a godly relationship between a mother and her God and a godly relationship between a wife and her husband. She's devoted that to her home as well. She could have had the child and turned her back on the promise, raised him as she wanted to raise him, but Hannah was faithful to her word. Look in verses 21 through 24 with me now. And the man, Elkanah, and all of his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. Now, let's stop right there just a second. What has happened year after year after year after year to Hannah? This has been something that she dreaded. Have you ever dreaded going to something annual every year? I'll let you plug in your own event. I just cannot stand to go up there because so-and-so is going to make me miserable. This is Hannah. Her husband comes to her and says, it's time to go. And she has a child. Okay? Revenge, right? I'll show her. Look here. Here's your baby. Now nah, make fun of me. But she didn't do that. Though that's sometimes our nature, isn't it? I'll get mine now. But what she did, she remembered her promise of being faithful to God, doing what she said he would do. And look here at the remaining portion to this section. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. And Elkanah and her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord establishes his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until he was weaned, she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. About two to three years old is what the estimates were. Possibly four. So that's a short time. When Hannah made this vow, she knew it would be a short time. And that's why she did not want to, to use any time other than raising him in the way of the Lord, preparing him to, to go. Now we think about that. What's normal for us? 18 years or so? Then our children go off to college or, or go off to work and, and make their own lives give or take a couple of years. Four years old. That's a real short time, isn't it? So she had to concentrate on what she was doing as far as being a mother and to prepare him for the journey that he was going to be on. Training him for God's service is what she was doing. Do we do anything different? I hope not. I hope that when we have children that our relationship with God is so dedicated and so uh, in tune and that our relationship with our husbands and our wives are so dedicated to each other and to God that we as a parenting team 
have the same kind of attitude as Hannah does. That's when my child walks out to begin his or her life on their own, they're going to know the Lord and they're going to desire to serve God because of the example that you, my husband, and I have left. Because of the example that you, my husband, and I have lived. And because of the example that I give in my dedication to those relationships. Because it takes that kind of dedication to see and do and understand what Hannah has done here. Remain faithful to her God even though she was barren and had ridicule year after year after year and shame and crying and weeping and ruined the whole thing. Still, she stayed dedicated to God. Ruined their marriage relationship and what she thought in some ways, but her husband reassured her, I love you more than ten sons can love you. Don't cry. Don't make yourself so upset that you don't want to eat, that you don't want to participate. Don't allow that to happen. Understand that I love you greatly, with or without kids. And then raising their children to be servants of God. That's how you're dedicated to your home. And that is the top three priorities in your life as a mom or a wife. If this nation was teaching these priorities to our young women across this country, we would not have near the trouble that we see today. So I want to encourage you this morning, moms. This is the thing that I want you to, to remember, hopefully. Be devoted to your home in the service of God. Devote yourself to the Lord. Be devoted wives to your husbands. Make your homes a place that is devoted to worshiping God. That your children know Jesus Christ, who he did, why he had to come and what he did on our behalf and be a living example of that type of servant devoted to those three in that order. God, husband, family. And that is my encouragement for you as a mom. And I don't care if you've been a mom for 55 years or if you've been a mom for just a couple of years or if you have hopes to be a mom someday. This is a model to follow. And I encourage you to do that. And I think you'll find it a common model all throughout the scriptures. God, husband, family. Now you first have to ask yourself this question. Do you even have a relationship with God? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If not, you can fix that today. You can accept Christ by hearing the word and believing. Be willing to repent of your sins and confess Jesus as your Savior. Be baptized with him to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the remission of sins. And raised a new creation in Christ. Walk forward faithful to God. If you're married, faithful to your husband or your future husband, whatever the case may be. And dedicated to being a Christian mother and wife. Now maybe you've done all those things. Maybe you're a Christian now, but you realize, you know what? I've not done these things. My priorities are wrong. 
I need to get my priorities back in the way, the shape of the biblical pattern. <clears throat> and you can do that, and I encourage you to do that today. Begin to right the ship by putting God first, then your husband, and then your children. And you don't have to come to me, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to say anything to me, but you must do it through God. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation number 51, Lord, I'm Coming Home. We're going to sing the first and the third verse of this hymn, and I want to encourage you to come as we stand and sing. Mm -hmm. 